0: A very special episode where Jen and I catch up on life and all things boys. This episode is sponsored
1: by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code onboys at byheart.com. That's B Y H E A R T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply. This is the On
0: Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Janet Allison of boysalive.com and Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. We hope you enjoy this very unique episode. Dear listeners, Jen and I have been talking to thought leaders and experts and we've been answering your questions on this podcast for almost five years now and this episode is one that we've never done before we thought it would be fun to just have a conversation the two of us about What's changed? And where are we at? And what are we seeing that's new and different? Not only in our own lives, which we share before we hit record every time we record, but we wanted to just bring you in to a chat. Personal, professional, we don't know where it's going to go. As as often, we don't know where our conversations are going to go, which makes them hopefully interesting and fun and maybe a little informative.
1: What do you think, Jen? I think we have lots to talk about. We have referred to this grandbaby of yours a couple times now. Okay, multiple times now. But you know, you really are in a new stage of life. You are now looking at parenting kind of from the outside in with years of experience. And because you raised girls, this is your first time up close and personal watching a little boy grow up. And I'm really curious to hear about your experience and your observations. You know, what is it What is it like for you to go from talking about boys and helping other people with their boys to watching this little one grow from birth? Oh, you're going to make me cry already. I, I will say
0: up. at the outset, every cliche ever spoken about grandparenting is true. I am so in love with this baby and it's so much fun because I don't have all those parenting responsibilities. And I will say I have the the freedom to be with them about 1 week per month, which is great and it's yeah. 24/7 full on when I'm there because I'm helping my daughter with the laundry and the groceries and all of the things, which I'm so glad that I'm able to do. And then there's this eight-month-old baby. He's eight months. And watching, I mean, you and I are both so keenly aware of child development and just watching him come from this little infant into sitting up and then into crawling. And he started crawling and then started pulling himself up like, 2 days later. You know, it's little things like watching how his ankles turn to help him go from crawling to standing and oh wow. Watching his body development is just I mean, I'm kind of a kind of a geek about that. I love that stuff. So watching that, the one thing I think that is developmentally interesting and I don't think that my girl's did, you can chime in if you even remember about your boys is he loves pushing and pulling anything that's bigger than he is. So if it's a big, like his big play stand or a chair or a big box, he is moving it constantly, pushing it and pulling it. And I don't think my girls did that. So I'm thinking that's like that gross motor piece of our boys being so physical.
1: That's really interesting, too, because as you know, and maybe some of our listeners do as well, I recently was part of this virtual Helping Boys Thrive Summit. Michael Gurian, who we've had on the podcast, was our keynote speaker. And one of the things he talked about is this male tendency, things moving through space. Things moving through space attract little boy's eyes big boy's eyes all the way through the developmental thing and he told this hilarious to me it's hilarious you've probably heard it too story about the darts mm-hmm. have you heard this one oh, yeah yeah that fill it fill in the listeners tell the dart story so michael tells the story
0: about uh, being in the basement with the lights off. This is a a boys game, right? They're playing darts in the basement. They thought it would be so fun to turn the lights off. They, I think they put goggles on, but then they're throwing darts at each other in the basement in the dark with goggles on.
1: And he points out that like, these are not boys who hate each other. They're not bullying each other. These are boys who really care about each other, but this is just a thing. Like, I laughed so hard when I heard him tell the story because I can totally see it happening. Absolutely. And, you know, he points out that the reason why we laugh when we hear the story is because we can all see it happening. This is a thing that happens throughout cultures. Mm -hmm. This tendency for males to bond and experiment and challenge each other with things moving through space where there's a bit of an element of what's going to happen mm-hmm. and so it's so interesting that you are noticing this already in your grandson this experimenting with things moving through space and he's challenging himself right this thing is bigger than me what can I do can I can I impact this thing the other
0: thing I've noticed is he if we're sitting out in the yard and a truck goes by yeah. or a car, even a car goes by he's immediately looking so those, you know, he's just already tuned in. Will he be one of those kids who, you know, is out looking at the
1: construction vehicles? Who knows? But um, I told you um, Tyler's first word, didn't I? Tyler's my second son. Uh, same thing. I mean, he was utterly fascinated. Anytime, you know, a truck would go by to truck. That's a very difficult sound for a small child to make and I won't say it, but his T sounded a lot like F's when he started talking, (laughs) and he said it very clearly, Um, and we knew he meant truck, because it was always in context, but that was Tyler's first word. I think the other
0: thing, because I kind of had a feeling we might be talking about grandsons today, but the other piece that I so want to share from this perspective of being in my mid-60s and looking back. And I was thinking about this as I was on my overnight bike trip this week. Parents, you have so much life after your kids leave home. I think that when you're in it and you've got all the chaos and all the worry and all the things, you think, this is it. This will always be it. And yet, probably, hopefully, you have at least 20 more good years after your kids are launched. And so I encourage you, no matter if you've got that newborn or a five-year-old and you think this is going to go on forever, it's so important to keep your own interests alive. And focus on that part of you that is you before you had kids. And know that somewhere down the road, you're going to have this expanse of time and hopefully energy that you can have some adventures and do some of the things that you love as an adult, as
1: yourself. I think it's important to acknowledge that when you are in the thick of it, yes, it's important to to nurture those parts of you. And of course, it's going to look different. Nurture those parts of you while you have little ones at home is not going to look like a week long bike trip. It might mean that you get on your bike and you go for a two mile ride. Mm-hmm. That might be it at that point. And that's fine. And that's plenty. And the other thing that I want to say from my perspective is it's hard to remember when you're in the thick of it too, but open yourself up to discovering new things that you may enjoy through the parenting of your children. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I loved camping until I had children. And frankly, until I was too poor to rent a cabin and all I had was a tent. So (laughs) there we go. There you go. And now you love camping. I love camping. (laughs) And you know, my kids are old enough now that they are difficult to get all in the same place at the same time, right? We always made it a point. We would go camping for a week in the summer. Try doing that when you've got teenagers with jobs and young adults with jobs. but. I went when I went and saw my son in Tennessee recently, I made it a point and I camped one night by myself at a state park in Indiana because (laughs) I need that. Yeah. Yeah. And I still don't have time to do it for a week right now by myself. I got a lot going on, but I made time to do that for me. And it was important. It did mean I really had to work hard before and after. I'm still playing catch up, but it was worth it because you come back to life a little rejuvenated
0: then. Definitely. And listeners, it may not be camping for you. Jen and I definitely share a love of being out in nature, but whatever it is for you, find those little
1: moments as you can. I'm curious also, from your perspective, having raised children and now having, a you know, up close, um, helping other clients with children, their children, and then seeing your daughter and her husband becoming parents. From your perspective now, What would you say are maybe two or three of the things that parents spend so much time worrying about and stressing about that from your vantage point, you're like, yeah, guess what? That's really not a big deal at all. I think there is this
0: notion that if you have the right stroller, we talked about this with Sarah Jaffe just recently, you know, have the right stroller have the perfect baby food. And of course, you know, you want to do the right thing for your children and have the right nutrition and, and, you know, the right stroller can make life easier. Absolutely. I would say minimize, minimize, minimize the fewer pieces of baby equipment that you have, That You know, it's this consumer society, right? If you just have this one toy, your child's going to be smart. If you just have the thing, your child's going to be successful. I I just encourage our listeners to try to block some of that out. And, you know, my eight-month-old grandson, what does he love to play with? The box. A box, a stick. He loves to sit in the grass and pull the grass and feel the leaves. You don't have to spend money on that. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage our listeners, you know, like try to keep that consumer bubble at bay
1: as best you can. And that's another one of those where it always felt easier said than done to me Mm -hmm. because, and I'm fortunate in this, in that like we do have involved family members, right? You know, my kids have aunts and uncles that live within, within radius. They have grandparents that live within radius. And I have four children. So it felt like even if I buy my children nothing, we end up with a house full of stuff anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And
0: it's exhausting. It's exhausting yeah. to clean it up. It's exhausting to, you know, sort through and give stuff away, whatever it is. Anyway, just to like detach
1: from the things as you can. What was your question again? What, what are things that you see parents spending a lot of you know, maybe time and emotional energy on that from your vantage point now you're like, you know what that's that's really not a big deal. The other thing I've noticed is my daughter is,
0: you know, she's an Instagram kid, grew up with Instagram. She has learned so many things about parenting, about feeding baby, about sleep, about, you know, there's so much value there. On the other side of that is it can be super overwhelming because there's too much Mm -hmm. information. She has her few people that she follows and trusts and is learning a lot. And I've learned a lot from her. There's stuff I didn't know about babies and sleep and introducing new foods and all those things. So I've been enjoying watching her be more educated as a parent. I mean, I didn't have the internet. I had books. That was it. And I think, too, from this vantage point, looking back, it's that place. And this I I work with my coaching clients on this all the time. It's like there is a long arc
1: there. Mm -hmm. There is
0: time. And it may feel like this thing right now today is the biggest thing. And if we can just kind of rein it in a little bit, step back from it a little bit and realize you have lots of time.
1: armoire.style slash on boys. That's armoire.style, A R M O I R E, dot style slash on boys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing For way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke.
1: Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. It's telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you.
0: Visit bywinona.com today to start your free visit. You have lots of time to teach your children, to influence your children, to do all those things. Take a breath. It doesn't have to be done today. And I think this ties into being a grandparent is the hours that I spend just sitting on the floor, watching him play, interacting, yes, but also just watching. Mm Mm-hmm is such a gift and it's calming to me. And I hope that parents can step out of the busyness a little bit and be able to just take those moments, go to the park, sit on the floor, just watch your kids play and observe and live into who they actually are. You and I talk a lot about parenting the child in front of you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, if you don't take time to really observe that child in front of you, how are you going to know who they are?
1: I've been thinking just recently about patience and how this plays into parenting and it relates to this long arc, right? So whatever thing happens and it's upsetting and it's triggering. And usually it's like your kid does something that in your head triggers your fear that he's not going to be a good person. This is it. He's a terrible person. I'm doing my job terribly. And Janet, you have had so many of these conversations with me before and after we record episodes because I've been parenting boys through this whole journey and it is not always smooth. And when these things happen, you feel like you have to fix it in the moment. I have to fix it. I have to do something. And the truth is, and what you're saying is none of this happens in a moment or a day. It is all this very long arc and it can be hard to remember because we don't always see it when our boys are teens, right? But all those hours that you you put in before are still there. That base Mm -hmm. is still there. That foundation is still there. And sometimes the best thing that you can do in the moment is go to bed. Yeah. Right. Go to bed. The problem's still going to be there in the morning, but it probably won't feel quite as bad as it did the day before. You'll have a little more energy to tackle it. And here's the other way I'm thinking of, of patience. I had a conversation with somebody else and it was about a topic that is considered divisive in our culture today, as many topics are. And we talked about how, um, she was asked to be a guest on a TV show and it was like four minutes. It was supposed to be a four minute segment to cover something that has all kinds of history, context angles. And it didn't go very well. She got cut off very quickly. And I'm like, this is part of the problem because we have to be willing to listen to one another past the first thing we disagree with.
0: Mm.
1: We have to, and I thought of this in context with my children, especially as my children are older and they develop their own opinions and things. And But this is a behavior thing as well. A lot of times what we see in an interaction, whether it's with our children, with a partner, with a teacher, you're going to see something that you don't like or hear something you don't like. It's on us, all of us, to take and do a little bit of work to try and Reign in our first emotional reaction, listen, try and be present because when you hear or see what comes after that, right, you Mm -hmm. have more insight Mm -hmm. or maybe you can find a point of common ground and you can go from there. But if we start reacting as soon as there's something we don't like, we're never going to understand each other. This is reminding me of our conversation with
0: Hesha Abrams. That you'll link to in the show notes about conflict because there is going to be conflict and i i also as you're talking i'm thinking about this place where and i hear this from moms all the time son does x Mm -hmm. or says x and inside that inside voice inside of mom is saying i am a bad parent i don't know what i'm doing i'm not a good mom i'm a bad mom and i say son does X, and you're still a good mom. And that's that place with Richard Reeves we talked about. You can hold two thoughts at once. And yeah, you didn't like what your son said or did. And that doesn't make you a bad mom. And you
1: are still a good mom. That is the thing. We are so used to, to judging how good we are at something by the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. So I am a good worker if my work is good. Mm-hmm. I am a good writer if other people enjoy my articles, if they win awards. Parenting doesn't really work like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can be a good parent, but guess what? Your child is an independent human being with free will. So you can be a good parent, but there's no guarantee how your kid is going to act or turn out or what choices he's going to make. So it's, it's not a one-to-one correlation. You can absolutely be a good parent and have a child who does some really dumb, stupid, inconsiderate, hurtful things. Yep. So drink that in parents. You are, I thought you were just going to say, so drink parents drink. (laughs) Well, to, to each his own, but
0: okay. There's that. I know you just did a, you were just a speaker at a virtual event. And I last week gave my first in-person talk for teachers, three-hour talk live. And it was so much fun. There were the people, we had interactions. It was great. And these young, enthusiastic teachers of young children, three to five-year-olds mostly, I was happy and a little taken aback that some of the information I shared with them that we've talked about on the show, such as boys are typically a year to a year and a half behind their chronological age. That was mind-blowing for these teachers of young children wow i mean i'm so glad they heard the information and i'm thinking about all those other teachers and parents who haven't heard this that? yet that this is new information too and you and i have been doing this work for so many years and we're still
1: talking at this level about our boy. you know it's funny that you should mention that because the session i did was helping boys in a world that misunderstands males and when i told somebody prior to this talk that this was you know what my talk is and frankly what my book is about they're like well how does the world misunderstand males excellent question and absolutely one i should be prepared to answer and i really do think one of the biggest things is there is a massive misunderstanding of male development in my experience, most people don't know that the pace of male development is so different and especially for our boys. and as Richard Reeves pointed out in his book, as you know from experience, as I know from experience, especially in that early childhood age, and again, it is very visible in the teenage years. But when we don't know that, right when teachers or parents, when we interact with a 16 year old, expecting him to have the maturity, and I'm putting air quotes around that, of a 16-year-old, but developmentally, he's more like a 14-year-old. Uh, we're just setting up ourselves and him up for all kinds of misunderstanding and and failure and heartache and badness.
0: Well, and add to that, if he happens to be, as one, one of the participants said, her son is 13 and mm. he looks like he's 18. But oh, gosh. Still 13, you know, so this development, physical development does not line up with emotional, social, cognitive development.
1: And it can go the other way. I mean, I had a kid that went the other way who even when he was 18, he looked like maybe 14, mm-hmm. you know? That, oh. Yeah. I was sitting drinking coffee on the sidewalk
0: of a college campus just this last week and People watching, which was such a hoot. Everyone had a phone in their hand. Most of them had ear pods in, but just looking again at the boys and the girls and the difference in their development, physical development, but also like their presentation, like how they held their bodies. And the girls are just, you know, strutting down the sidewalk, you know, pretty. Together seeming, maybe not, but just outward appearance. And the boys are still just kind of gawky and awkward. And I mean, not all of them, but it there's definitely that difference, which we also see in typically freshman year of high school. Is like, oh my gosh, these boys, they'll get there, but they're not there yet.
1: Yeah. I want to hear more about your session with these teachers because not only was this your first time getting to do this in person again right these are teachers who are teaching after through during affected by the pandemic like um what you know what kinds of questions and concerns were you hearing from them
0: well some of the schools actually ran through the pandemic so there was that Um, I will say in this session of about 21, 25 teachers, I had three males, three early childhood male teachers, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I've been teaching this, teaching teachers for 20 years, and that is new. That's definitely more. Usually I'll have maybe one, but to have three was great. The other thing that was new and different, and I, has has arisen in the last, I'd say, four to five years, is the discussion about gender.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And you and I have always talked about boys and girls. And we've also, you know, open to wherever you are on the gender spectrum. That's great. Take what applies, what doesn't. Some of the information we talk about, the high energy, can be girls too. But there was definitely more you know when I and I said in the in the session, when I first started teaching this, there was no conversation about gender nonconformity, none in this session, that was there was a a trend towards, can we just call it high energy children? Do we have to say boys? And I thought, well, that's you know, that's interesting. And I couldn't go down that road. Because of the parameters of our time, so I I think it is worth mentioning that we do talk about boys, and we might be it might be a girl, it might be a non-binary child. Take the information that applies to that individual
1: and let the rest go. So I know that this is a a topic that is under a lot of discussion right now, a lot of strong feelings. Clearly we grownups are trying to figure stuff out. One of the things Gurian talked about in our summit was that as we're having these conversations about gender, which are super important, we're sort of forgetting or mixing up sex and gender and different people are using these words in, in different ways right now. So I want to be as clear as I possibly can. But what he was trying to say was like, Biological sex is more like this is the chemicals flowing through your body, which have influenced your development. So, yes, there is a super wide spectrum and we have to respect the whole spectrum of how people interact with the world. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, you know, if you have higher levels of testosterone flowing through your body, that is more likely to present as high energy. I don't think we can totally divorce boy, you know, and say high energy instead of boy energy. Mm -hmm. It applies both ways and it may be relevant to people, but I kind of think we do a bit of a disservice if we don't acknowledge the fact that this is true for very, very many to most males. Yes. I'm with you on that. I'm curious about
0: what you've been doing professionally. You've already written one book and had that published. I know you've been working on your second book. How's
1: that going? So the second one is building boys, raising great guys in a world that misunderstands males. And listeners, if you think that I am not personally terrified that one of my boys is going to do something really horrible and stupid, right as this book comes out, that sort of claims I know how to raise great guys, you don't know me at all. (laughs) The book is slated to come out in April. It has a release date of April 4th, 2023. It is available for pre-order right now. It just went up on my website this week, which I feel really happy and excited about because to see all of that work like you heard so much of it. This was the writing of a book is not a glamorous process. It is often a slog. It is often painful. It is grueling and time consuming. And you wonder why you're doing it. But then when you see it there, you're like, oh yeah, that's why. That's yeah. why. So yeah. I am I am excited about that. I got to look at the copy edited version. And pretty soon at some point within the next month, probably I will get to see like a laid out you know, kind of PDF style version. And that's going to be really exciting, I think.
0: Yeah. And then there's going to be the day the box arrives on your doorstep with
1: 40 copies of your book. That'll be interesting. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. So I am already starting to think and, and you know, gearing up and, oh, thinking about being a guest on other people's podcast and thinking about places that I can travel to and visit people and you know hey do you have a bookstore i can talk at your bookstore or your library or your school so listeners as this is coming out if you want me to come to your community i would be more than happy to do that
0: yeah and as i saw in this workshop on saturday this needs to be discussed we need to be in conversation with each other
1: about this information And hey, this is what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? That was one of my points in the session that I did on Saturday, you know, raising great guys in a world that misunderstands males. My first takeaway point was share what you know with other people. And the big overarching thing is, yes, we need to correct these misunderstandings about boys. And that's helpful but I can't wait for the world at large to come around to the fact that boys have a different pace of development than girls. Like my kids are only kids for maybe not even 20 full years. I don't have time to wait for society to shift and decide that they want to care about what's going on with boys. So educate and advocate for your son, advocate for other boys, Mm -hmm. create boy-friendly spaces where your kid whoever that kid in front of you is, whoever he is, whatever he's interested in, whatever he wants to do, where he can be him without getting all these messages that say or imply you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. And what we do for our boys is good for our girls too. Good for all of us. Yeah. It's good for all of us.
0: Oh my gosh, my friend. So fun to just have a freewheeling conversation with you. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed this conversation as well. We would love to hear what your questions are. What are you seeing for your boys? If you've raised your boys and you're still listening to us, what do you see from a new perspective? Mm
1: -hmm. And what do you wonder about us? You hear from me and Janet all the time, and I think we're pretty open on this show. But if you have any curiosity questions, send them to us, and we'll tackle them in maybe the intro of an upcoming episode.
0: Ooh, wonder I what know right? would be. Oh, maybe because we always have new listeners, it would be fun to just share that you and I are virtual buddies and. So we've been doing this podcast for almost five years. We've known each other for probably more like nine, I'd say, eight or nine. And we've seen each other exactly once in real live person. But
1: we slept together.
0: In a hotel room.
1: Separate beds.
0: It was 2019. 2018 2018. No, it had to be 2018 2018 yeah I think the time has come we need to right right yeah see each other in person maybe we can go for a hike together although I don't think I could keep up with you we'll see yeah <laughs> we'll see or we'll just be sitting in a coffee shop chatting that's probably more like it we're good at that yeah we are Listeners, we so appreciate you. We wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you. And Jen, I so appreciate you. I look forward to our conversations every single week, whether it's just you and me, or we're talking to somebody that's famous. Mm -hmm. We've had a couple. We've had some. And And the people that are just out there doing the, doing, doing the work. work. I put in air quotes because when we're doing the work, just like you and I, it doesn't feel like work often. Oh, sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. I said, oftentimes it doesn't, but sometimes it does, but it's our, I know for both of us, it is our sole purpose, our passion, our mission, call it whatever you want to call it. We are driven to do this work and advocate for our boys and our men so that we can all experience a better world. We hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. Quick reminder, you can pre-order Jen's book. Wouldn't it be great to get that in the mail next April? Go to her website, buildingboys.net. And while you're there, you can also subscribe to her Building Boys Bulletin that comes to your email inbox every Monday. And every month, we're live with a global community of parents in the Decoding Your Boy, Less Yelling, More Connecting program. Join me live twice a month. Go to boysalive.com decode, and you'll find all the details. Get registered. Join us. It's super fun. Take care. We appreciate you, dear listeners. Thank you for being Advocates for our boys.
1: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable.